Awesome. Let's do this thing. Right, we're recording. Oh my god. Fuck ESPN. Fuck there. <laughs> that is so fucking infuriating. I fucking god. hate that shit so much. I hate it so much. God damn it. The human world, it's a mess. Life under the sea is better than anything they got up there. I'm just rolling in. Uh, all right, everybody. This is um, your Let's Fix Football this week. This is your host, Gabe Lezra. This is um, a little bit less of a obvious open, but what you just heard there was Evan pulling up his bad take of the week. Uh, Evan Mateer, how's it going? Well, I, I, I just want to go with a fiery rage to whoever makes the decision at ESPN to have autoplay videos on their ESPN FC pages it's so because bad. It, it must show up on like a third of our episodes. One of us is pulling up an ESPN tab and then it starts autoplaying a Liberty Mutual ad. I just hate it. I just don't understand. There was a period of time where my Spanish news was doing it also, and it would just play loud, like angry Spanish advertisements at work. And it's just like, it's so infuriating because all we want to do is read some bad journalism right and so like god damn it i don't need everyone to know that i'm in the middle of fucking off in my job by like having the shit so i keep my computer at work now on mute all the time even though there's plenty of shit i need to watch on it no i do the same thing because once like a few weeks ago i i was i also had espn fc up and i like uh, walked away, and I guess sometime after I walked away, it started playing auto ads, and then just plays videos on loop forever. And <laughs> like I come back, and the person who works outside of my office is like, "Were you streaming video? You're not supposed to do that." Yeah, I got sh- I got shouted at for that shit. Also, like I just don't uh, I just don't understand. I mean, maybe it's like a way to monetize your site, but you've got so much traffic anyways. What's the point? Like fucking just. It's everyone hates it. Everyone. I don't know a single person who's ever like if you actually think about it, who's ever like been like pleased with an autoplay video like it is an annoyance that everyone fucking hates. So just don't do it like we always feel bad. I feel bad for like hardworking journalists who have their you know content produced and and, and like displayed on these sites that everyone goes to and just like, God, I fucking hate this shit. Like I was reading. (laughs) I was reading a story, like a well-sourced story. This is like off topic, but whatever. I was reading like a well-sourced story about the Las Vegas shooting. And before I could like move my cursor down the page, a huge fucking Toyota truck drove across it and like oh, made Jesus. a really loud truck revving noise and sprayed fake mud all over my dad, like all over the, the, the screen. It was like, really? Like you're going to have a fucking pop-up ad on this story? It's like, this Jesus. is like absolute nonsense. All right, well, it's a uh, big week um, in Let's Fix Football. We've just got me and Evan um, uh, going. We're going to get Ernesto back on the show to talk about the um, uh, allegations against PSG. Uh, we're doing that interview on Sunday. So, yeah, we have a bunch to talk about. Um, lots of European stuff, obviously, over the weekend. And um, I think more importantly, and, and we're going to try to focus a little bit more time on tonight, is MLS itself, uh, because it was decision day in MLS uh, over the over the week. So lots to talk about, lots of MLS playoff to get into. But I think 
before we get to MLS, Evan, <laughs> there's a plenty of stuff to go through on the European front. And I think the where I want to start is the first league on game I've seen in a long time where I actually sat down to watch it, even though it was at exactly the same time in Real Madrid's game. I actually watched both. PSG 2, Marseille 2, and the only reason PSG even pulled the result is because Edison Cavani scored a beautiful free kick in minute 93 to pull them level. PSG was certainly and overwhelmingly outplayed by Marseille. Um, so I saw a little bit of this game, and I saw it definitely when they were getting overrun in kind of the I, – I watched it a little bit kind of just, just before halftime, then a little bit after halftime. Um, and, yeah, they did not – like. Ligon's garbage, right? I have no idea. So that you like, I was joking on Twitter because somebody, who was it? Was it Cavani? They interviewed somebody and they were like, he's like, oh, I can't name three Marseille players. I'm like, I can't either. I yeah, don't know anyone no, who's on Marseille. Was Danny Alves. Like, he was no, like, it was Danny Alves. Yeah. And like, I, I don't know. Do you know three players on Marseille? Or did even, you before you I don't the even know who scored the goals. Like, I, <laughs> I, like, yeah, I, I no watched idea. the game and I don't even know who scored the goal. No, hang on. We do know one player on Marseille, Evan, and that's Payette. Yeah, Payette is there. And Payette, so Payette, I know, um, you know, he was good before and I don't know if he's good anymore. But look, I mean, Marseille is not some kind of juggernaut. So the, the concept that, that PSG is going down there and struggling is, is frankly pretty funny. Yeah, um, and it, I mean, it, this is like a big rivalry game, apparently. They call it Le Classique. Le Classique. But like, <laughs> apparently PSG basically hasn't even gotten a draw in this in this like, matchup for the last like five years. So like, it's not like this is a particularly tough fixture for PSG normally. So they go in with this revamped team and they basically get run off the pitch by Marseille, who just cared way more than this kind of mercenary class PSG team, which is funny because like, I mean, that's what this PSG side is, right? It's like the P PSG is not exactly a team with a lot of history. I mean, and if you're not really from a French league perspective, you actually don't even know the, the, the amount of history PSG has at all. And then if you have like Danny Alves, Neymar, and, you know, Cavani even, who's it's his team now, like, you know, they, they don't care that much about this like, enough to like understand that it's a huge deal to not get a result in Marseille. Right. And I think the coolest part of this match is that PSG got baited. I mean, Neymar got baited by this Marseille player who like, jawed with him a little bit and then Neymar like kind of shoved him a little bit and the dude took this unbelievably hilarious dive and it's Neymar fantastic. got sent off in minute yeah. like 88 or something yeah no I mean it's really it, Neymar getting sent off was hilarious I mean, it was quite the dive it was a pretty stupid red card but Neymar <laughs> just can't be he can't be doing that and, and it was really dumb but, you know so what's crazy about this fixture is it's like PSG really, really wants us all to believe that they are, you know, that they're a big club and that they're, you know, should right. be considered with with Real and Barca and, and Bayern and, and the Manchester teams. And um, and I, I think that this is emblematic of like how Ligue 1 being just complete garbage is going to hold them back because you like it's true. The players didn't care about this fixture and there's no good reason for them to care about this fixture because even if there's like a historical right. reason why the Marseille fixture matters, this draw is not going to stop them from winning league on by 45 points. Right. Um, they're still going to win. And so, you know, week in week out, their league games don't matter. 
they can go out and half ass and they're still going to win the league because the rest of the league is terrible. Right. And, um, they, and, and that's going to hold them back. And they took the best player off of the best team that wasn't them and put them on their team. It's like if Real Madrid took uh, like if, if the league in, in Spain was just Madrid and Atletico and then Madrid took Griezmann from Atletico and put him on Real Madrid like that's that's what that Mbappe signing for Monaco was because Monaco was the only team that could bring that could even touch PSG and then Monaco was essentially gutted by you know City and then PSG just fucking robbing their talent I mean not robbing I mean, like obviously they you were know, spending tons of money on it but like no they did ransack Monaco pretty bad and and you know um I think that you know that's that's league on right i mean it's a selling league except for psg and it's been that way for you know for 15 years now and even psg um, was a selling team when i mean like when i was until recently yeah yeah coming up like they sold ronaldinho to barcelona i mean apparently like neymar was the first or the third person to score in both le classique and el clasico so uh, the, the third person, Ronaldinho and Zlatan, being the first who I actually didn't remember Zlatan scoring against Real Madrid, but apparently he did when he played for Barcelona. That like two two seasons when I he hated every second of his life. I completely forgot that he played for Barca, to be honest with well, you. He but... fucking hated it. That's why. He hates Pep Guardiola. I don't know if you knew that. Also, he, he basically wrote a whole book about how much he hates Pep Guardiola. Well, now, now I really want Zlatan to come back for United just so he can play in the next Manchester Derby. Yeah, and like, like that'll be fun. Fight, literally fight. Yeah, Pep watch him Guardiola. fight people. Um, speaking um, of Manchester, Manchester United got embarrassed. Um, losing two to one against Huddersfield. All the other major English teams had easy, convincing wins. Um, we're going to quickly talk about uh, Tottenham uh, and and Liverpool in a second. But I think the funnier match to discuss is United Huddersfield, where man does this United team lack something big in their center of their midfield? I don't know, maybe a couple hundred million euro somethings. Some some kind of powerful, talented, very expensive midfielder who is world class and can help transition from defense to attack. I don't know something like that. Um, that you know completely wasn't a bust, and everybody overlooks because he doesn't score enough goals. Yeah, obviously we're talking about Paul Pogba. I think Evan, we both actually really. I mean, I personally love Paul Pogba. I think he has been hilariously underrated by the English press and English fandom because he is not, you know, Cristiano Ronaldo. But the man is is crazy good, and man, does this United team desperately need him. I mean, so I watched the Huddersfield—oh, my God, <laughs> the H-Town match. I watched them play H-Town. Um, and so they went down 2-0 quick, and— um, they were just completely beat on transition on at least the first goal. Um, and then they had absolutely no kind of, I don't know, bite in their attack in in any attempt to break down H-Town and get, get a goal back. They were just completely helpless. And it was the same exact thing when they played Liverpool. Everyone tried to say, oh, well, Mourinho just set them up in a defensive stance to get a, a point against Liverpool. Look, Liverpool is bad. Like, we just saw what Spurs did to that Liverpool um, defense and there's no reason that United with the attacking talent it has can't do that except 
that what Spurs were able to do was collect the ball in midfield and break really quickly um, and just really put a lot of pressure under Liverpool Liverpool's back uh, back four. And United without Pogba can't do it. They yeah. just cannot collect the ball. They can't transition to attack, and they can't get it to you know the really dynamic wingers and, and strikers that they have. And um, you know they don't have an, they don't have a backup plan. Spurs have a couple backup plans that have worked okay without some of their better midfielders. But it doesn't look like Mourinho has a backup plan other than you know some fairy dust to make Pogba healthy again. Yeah, I mean the fairy dust is we've seen this week with the rumors that uh, Mourinho and United are perhaps chasing Real Madrid's Casemiro, who would actually fill that void that Pogba has left, uh, not with the same offensive talent, but definitely Mm -hmm. as being an important, imposing physical presence in the midfield who's able to collect the ball and distribute it, which is what Casemiro has shown to be able to do at Real Madrid. You know, unfortunately, it's just impossible, in my view, that that's a transfer that would happen, certainly not in January before Pogba would come back. So, like... Yeah, that's but that's of course that's why those rumors have sprouted up this week after United's weak ass center center midfield like basically shat the bed twice in a row against these shitty teams. I mean, like, it, it, let's talk quickly about this Liverpool match then because like a lot of people, like you said, were basically kind of ex, you know excusing Jose, Jose Mourinho's tactics by saying like, look, they were just trying to grab a point off Liverpool going to Anfield and getting a point is a good thing anyways, like. I don't know if you can make that argument now that Tottenham left them so incredibly exposed. I mean, Liverpool looks like to be in a total disastrous situation where now Pochettino is basically playing the football that Klopp wishes that he could bring his team to play. Yeah, I mean, Spurs were Liverpool in that match, right? So, I mean, so so, so Spurs, what's fascinating about seeing this match, the Spurs-Liverpool match, and the United-Liverpool match a week ago is that Spurs also are without almost all of their central midf- midfielders right now. So, Moussa Ndebele's hurt, Victor Wanyama's hurt. Um, like, those are the guys who played most of our matches together as our first-choice midfield. So, in this match, Spurs just kind of went without a midfield a little bit. They just played all their best attack. They played Harry Winks in midfielder. He's a pure midfielder. Other than that, we just kind of played sort of a diamond thing with all our best attackers and just decided we were going to freaking run at their back line. Um, And it went great. It worked perfectly. Um, So it showed some tactical flexibility that I guess Mourinho just doesn't have or he just doesn't think he has the personnel to pull it off. But it was exactly what Liverpool tend to do to people, picking the ball up fast and and breaking. Um, And, you know, Lovren kind of gifted Spurs two goals, but you still have to take your chances. And they did put two more in and Liverpool looked absolutely hapless and they didn't really look good on attack either. They they scored one goal because Mo Salah's fast and Serge Aurier's only kind of OK on the left side. Um, but, uh, you know, they who were they scaring? Like there was this stupid article that we talked about in the first uh, in the first ever episode of Lex Fix Football where ESPN, you know, because Liverpool chewed up Arsenal, we were supposed to be really terrified of Liverpool's attack. And I think, sure, when, you know, when Mane and um, and Salah and Coutinho are running at you, that is pretty scary. But if you're giving up six goals at the back because Lovren's an idiot, um, you're not scary at all. Right. And the the Klopp formula has always been to just kind of outshoot your opponent. <laughs> and that is not going to work when your defense is so bad that any opponent can outshoot you, basically. So, yeah, I mean, like, Spurs Spurs easily could have scored eight goals on the day. Like they missed a couple chances they could have scored. They pretty much took their feet off the gas when they were up 4-1. As they um, should, man. Like they, as they, they should. 
you know, you don't want your team to go 90 minutes at 100% when you're already leading, you know, 3-1 at, at halftime and then 4-1 pretty quickly after that. So, you know, it, it was it, it definitely puts the lie to the sort of discussion that we were having previously that, that, that placed Liverpool as a real threat to without, I mean, look, without real changes, right? Like that put Liverpool as a threat to, to, to make noise in Europe, that put Liverpool as a threat really to win uh, to win win the league this season, I just don't. I mean, I don't see how you can feel that way uh, after the last couple of results well, for this side. So let's be clear: they're they're out of contention for the league. Like they are way back. I don't even re- excuse me remember how many points back they are at this point, but they're out of the league discussion. There, it's too many points in over a quarter of the season. You know that that's down. I think actually, I think that the league is down to a three team race at this point. Right? It's the Manchester teams and it's Spurs. I guess Chelsea potentially. Um, though they've got some, cons- like they looked a little bit shaky on the, uh, on the weekend also. So, you know, we'll see, but I think that it's a three top four team, um, race for the league as for Europe, you know, yeah, they put seven goals past whoever, um, no, I literally don't even know some Slovenian team, right? I mean, like yeah, whatever. some Slovenia team. We yeah. talked about it, I think on the last show, actually. Yeah. Like they put seven goals past and I guess that's a thing they can do. Um, now and then they are pretty, they are really good on attack, but I, I, I can't even imagine a world where they're going to win a knockout round tie. No, I, I, I mean, unless they're like matched up against, you know, or well, something. right. And, and actually that I think leads us into the next topic, which is Europe really quickly. Um, no, nothing big happened in Spain, like land you know, of fire, Gabe. Yeah. Land of fire. <laughs> I mean, whatever. Madrid won, Barca won, Atletico won. I mean, the, the only no Atleti didn't. Oh, oh, you were you were talking about in, in the in league. The yeah, the Spanish only league. Okay, yeah. funny thing that happened in Spain <laughs> this weekend was Barcelona's first goal against. Uh, I think they were playing Deportivo. Was <laughs> was very funny because the ball, like the the assist, the ball literally was a foot out of bounds on the touch on 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 the goal line before i mean whoever played the ball back in played it it was the most obvious out of bounds i mean like it's the kind of shit where like you don't need you know, you shouldn't need video replay to confirm it the, the ball was a foot out of bounds like any even mid-level ref should be able to make that call correctly they didn't and Barca scored. So, like, it, it's a kind of shit. And then, of course, because it's Spain, like, everyone had a meltdown. And now they're finally talking about bringing VAR because, of course, Spain so, is, like, the only country that doesn't have any VAR at all. So, so speaking of – so England doesn't have any VAR either in the, in the Premier League. But, you know, I was, I was watching and I was texting you because I was watching a lot of Bundesliga both this weekend and last weekend. And they have VAR both for penalties and for red cards. Um, and I thought it worked fine. Like I thought, thought it worked great. They didn't send every red card and every penalty up for VAR. It was only if there was, you know, some kind of gray area. Um, and the standard review seemed correct to me, only obvious mistakes. So if it's a close call at all, then you just go with what the ref said on the field. So it's only obvious mistakes. So you can see like a clear dive or something like that. Um, I mean, it didn't seem to slow the game down terribly much because for a red card or a penalty, you're probably already stopping play for a bit. Um, so like it didn't, it to me didn't seem to like, you know, hugely impact the fluidity of the game, which I think people are worried about with replay. Um, 
Like I thought it went, I thought it went fine. I thought it great. I think that those are the two areas where VAR makes sense because they're the most impactful calls that can be made on the soccer pitch, but you don't need to be reviewing every single foul. And at the very least, something like goal line tech well, like, well, that's a bare, bare, bare minimum. Like the idea that everybody in the entire world, including you, CONCACAF, looking at you, doesn't use goal line technology is completely ridiculous. It's not even that expensive. So CONCACAF, goal line technology. Not that sure complicated. Panama doesn't get phantom goals. Really that's easy. It. It's mm, <laughs> so dumb. And, and like, so anyways, yeah, this has led to, as usual in Spain, absolute nut job overreaction. Obviously, VAR, Golang Tech, it's the kind of shit that, of course, they should be using, but they're not. And this is just, I mean, last season, Barcelona started complaining about it. This season, Real Madrid's complaining about it, of course, right? But, like, the only way any of this shit will happen is if they both complain about it at the same time. So, like, I think that the best shot that this has of happening is if Real Madrid gets a really lucky, you know, non or yes call in a game either against Barcelona or in a, in a game where uh, if they were to lose, Barcelona would, you know help it would help them or something like i i just i can't imagine the spanish league doing this for any other reason though i mean i I, i've been wrong before about spain but normally i'm not wrong in the direction of them of inaction like i don't see them acting at all and this is such a fucking corrupt league run by absolute pieces of shit who don't give two shits about any of this and just want to collect their checks if they if it costs eighty thousand dollars for the entire league to get goal line tech, which is about the money that I've heard it would cost, they still would rather have that eighty thousand dollars to grease their own pockets so they can like take you know a five hour lunch break every single day and go to the prostitutes or whatever. I mean, these guys are all <laughs> pieces of shit. So let's really quickly. Uh, you mentioned. Karabag, that's the only European thing um, in terms of we didn't get to talk about last week when we recorded on Tuesday. Um, the only thing that really matters. Atletico drew Karabag, which is a team from somewhere I've never heard of. So were they in the land of fire or were they in Madrid? They they were they were not in Madrid. So they were in the land of fire because Karabag, I'm pretty sure, is from Azerbaijan, land of fire. That's so cool. And you know that Azerbaijan actually used to um, sponsor Atletico, uh, the Azerbaijan Tourism Board bought their front of their shirt sponsorship. Yeah, land of fire. Land of fire. Uh, land of fire. So Check the reason out, I know that know that their Azerbaijani team is because Spurs played them in the Europa League uh, a few years ago, and I remember Spurs fans absolutely flipping out that they had to fly all the way to Azerbaijan. It was oh my god, it was like a three and a half hour flight. Goodness gracious. Oh my god, the Europeans are so fucking coddled. But check it out. Check it out, though, dude. Check it out. Ready? Yeah. What about Kara Good? What a, what about Kara Good? It was a Kara Good result. Yeah, yeah. Check it out. Bad Letico Madrid. <laughs> Against Kara Good. Oh, my God. We are hilarious. Oh. Who's funnier than we are? <laughs> I'm tired, guys. I'm tired. Folks, folks, they're good jokes. They're good jokes, folks. They're good jokes. Uh, I think with that, that's enough um, European stuff this week uh, because really there's not that much European news other than the absolutely hilarious PSG and United matches. Like, I just don't have that much more to say. I mean, uh, you know, not even going to touch Germany right now. Like, there's just, there's there's other shit. But I think it's better. We're, I think we're going to transition more to doing, like, m- more in-depth analysis of a couple games in Europe. And then mm-hmm. transitioning more to MLS. I think it was a better use. So, with that, 
Let's talk a little bit about um, the MLS playoff picture. So I watched uh, a lot of what we call in the United States, apparently, decision day. And what's interesting to me, Evan, really quickly, (laughs) I was under the impression in this country that decision day was like a college football thing where like recruits had to make up their mind. But apparently it also is the day, the last day of the MLS regular season. It is both of those things. Um, so yeah, so decision day in MLS is the last day of the MLS season because it decides, uh, at least some, you know, uh, you, most years it will decide some teams who are in and out of the playoffs. Like we had this year with, uh, San Jose and Dallas. Um, and sometimes great just as importantly, it, yeah, great match. Um, sometimes it will decide, um, who, um, you know, who has which seed, which, you know, if we go over the structure of the MLS playoffs, which I don't know if you want me to do now or not, but, you know, the yeah, seeding matters. The, the seeding ends up mattering a lot. Yeah. And uh, so we're going to do seeding in a second. I just really want to quickly wanted to. I watched San Jose Earthquake versus I think it was Minnesota, uh, the Loons. And yep. um, so San Jose needed to win the match to guarantee themselves a spot in the playoffs. If they drew or lost and Dallas won, which it was comfortably doing four to one against the LA Galaxy, which is what has had apparently like just one of the worst seasons in MLS history, finishing below the uh, expansion Minnesota side, like they are, they've been fucking terrible. Uh, so yeah, they they um, Dallas was beating uh, LA Galaxy. If uh, San Jose drew or lost, uh, Dallas would go into the playoffs in minute ninety three or something, like very much the last play of the match. Uh, San Jose gets the ball down to the Minnesota area. A couple of bounces around. One of the players receives the ball, you know, on the touch line or on the goal line and flicks it back to some dude who didn't even have to move at all. Just directed the ball in. It was nuts, nuts. And so San Jose three, Los Loons two on in, in, in what was really, it was a crazy, exciting finish. Evan. Yeah, so I didn't watch the match, but I did watch the highlights of that of that moment um, uh, at some point today, and it really was exciting. It's, you know, this is what this is what's great about MLS. Like the MLS regular season is a little bit meh. That's kind of my conclusion now, having watched MLS soccer for a couple of years. But the end of the MLS season, and then even more, the MLS playoffs are awesome, and they're awesome because of all the reasons that knockout tournaments are awesome. You know, this had all of the best parts of a, you know, American style playoff race between Dallas and San Jose. The only way it could be better is they were playing each other. But you still had Minnesota United playing really hard, trying to win this match. Um, And it was a great moment and the players were really excited. And, um, you know, I don't know. I was into it. Yeah, it was awesome. And the, the amount of energy, I mean, it was cool. It's the kind of classic American sports thing where these meaningless end of the season regular season games when you when you have a playoff really actually do matter to everyone which is pretty cool i mean obviously i mean what what is that that game is nothing in a european format league right that game two, is like mid level team right? table teams you know it had there's no rivalry at stake it's you know it would probably be who finishes 7th and who finishes 12th um, like it doesn't freaking matter, but when you have the playoff format, which I'm not saying is right for European soccer, but I think it's perfect for American soccer. Um, and it was, it's really exciting. It makes that game very meaningful. Um, and I think more meaningful games is better overall. 
I agree. I, I would also note that the very bottom teams have no reason to play in, in a non-pro-rel league. <laughs> so, in, in fact, there's actually the incentive to tank, so you get better draft picks, which is another annoying part of the American system. So, like, the LA Galaxy game, like, they clearly didn't go out to play at all against Dallas. Like, there's no reason for them to play. Yeah. Uh, so, that was also infuriating. But... That I mean, like the the playoff structure really does help for for these mid mid tier games um, that that really end up meaning a lot because even one playoff game is a big deal and some teams really just see their entire you know season validated if they can make the playoffs, which is pretty cool. Yeah, no, I think that's absolutely so, right. I mean, and it, yeah, go ahead. Well, why don't you? I was just gonna say, why don't you describe the seeding structure and and the way the playoffs work? Because I think that's that's something that is not an obvious answer the way that yeah. sometimes it is. Yeah. Okay. So six teams make the playoffs in each of the conferences: the Western Conference and the Eastern Conference. The top six teams in the table each make um, the playoffs, and they play in a two-tiered bracket where they ultimately will have the champion of the West and the champion of the East play in the MLS Cup. The top two seeded teams get a free pass to the conference semifinals, right? So they don't have to play in the first round of games. The third through sixth seeded teams, all play, they play in matches in the first weekend called the knockout round. So they play one-off matches, um, uh, and the winner moves on to the conference semifinals. From the conference semifinals on, it is two-legged ties. Um, so the conference semifinals, the conference finals, and the uh, MLS Cup are all two-legged ties. Um, and so that you know that's the format. It obviously matters a lot to be the first or second seed to get a bye, you know, straight through to the conference semis. Um, this year, that's going to be Toronto and New York FC in the East, and Portland and Seattle in the West. Um, in the East, we have two knockout matches, the third seeded Chicago Fire and the sixth seeded New York Red Bulls, the fourth seeded Atlanta United, who seems to be coming your team a little bit, um, and the fifth seeded Columbus Crew. Um, in the West, we have uh, Vancouver Whitecaps, so the third seed against six seeded San Jose Earthquakes, we just talked about, uh, and the fourth seeded Houston Dynamo against the fifth seeded Sporting Kansas City, who are kind of always a, a power in MLS. Um, I actually think this is a really exciting playoff, um, format, despite Orlando not making it in, I'm pretty happy with how, how this all shook out. And I think there's going to be a lot of interesting matchups. Yeah, I agree. Why don't we just quickly preview the first round of games then? Because I have a lot to say about at least one of these. And that's because I have been totally jumping on the save the Columbus crew bandwagon. So, and we mentioned well, that, in the last yeah. show, right, that the Columbus crew may be relocating to Austin. Well, they have played really, really good soccer to land themselves in the playoffs. Uh, and they are playing my kind of adopted team, Atlanta. And I have, I'm really conflicted about this because I think it'd be awesome if, if Columbus could make a, make a deep run because I don't know, like the, the the city deserves a deep run. This is a great historic MLS franchise that, that, you know, I'm desperate not to see relocated, but at the very least let them go out with a really good, you know, really good playoff run. And they've been playing really well. So, yeah, this is my favorite tie of the first round of the knockout round. So Atlanta United has had this amazing inaugural season. They've been really, really good. Um, you know, super excited, especially at home. 
Um, and but you know, and Columbus Crew has had kind of an inconsistent season. Started hot, fell apart in the middle, but then had this unbelievable 10, uh, 10 match unbeaten streak at the end to make it into the playoffs as the fifth seed. Um, and in the MLS playoffs, if people have paid attention in the past, like being having a ton of points in the regular season is less important a lot of times than coming into the playoffs with a lot of momentum. And Columbus Crew for sure has a ton of momentum. Um, so it's two very exciting teams. I agree with you that the subplot of whether or not Columbus is going to be moved to Austin is very important I mean, here because if they make a deep run and lots of people show up and it really brings the community together, that puts a little bit more momentum behind finding a solution to keep them in Columbus. Yeah, and they I, – so I also mentioned that I, I watched part of their game on, on Decision Day. <laughs> I still have a hard time with that. I think it's a little dumb. But anyways, I, I watched their game on Decision Day, a really, really spirited 2-2 draw with NYCFC where David Villa, you know, was David Villa. I mean, David Villa is, I think, not even that close to the, the best player in MLS. Like, he is crazy good still. And, you know, he basically carries this kind of mediocre NYCFC team with his absolutely goals, like crack goals. This dude could start on a, on a lot of high-level European teams. And it's pretty cool that he's in MLS. But anyway, so that, that was a really cool game to watch. I mean, like, Columbus definitely outplayed NYCFC. There was a lot more heart there, but David Villa is just, is just too good. So it was very cool to watch. Columbus is... Obviously, I mean, they're the team that I'm going to be rooting for, I've decided, like, just because of this subplot. I like Atlanta United more, like, kind of on a on a general level, but I, I will definitely be rooting for Columbus in this playoffs. I also would say if Columbus beats Atlanta United, they would get a rematch with NYCFC, which is also would be another awesome matchup, Evan. Like, that's really – whatever team wins this match goes to play NYCFC. So this is just two cool ties in a row on this side of the bracket. Yeah, so I haven't decided who, where my rooting interest lies yet for the MLS playoffs. So I've, I'm an Orlando City fan. Obviously, Orlando City failed again to make the playoffs, and it looks like they're going to pretty much blow up that team, um, which might be because Kaká decided he's out, and so he's retiring. He, I think right? he's retiring. Well, you know, I, I'm a little suspicious whether he's going to retire if he's going to go make kind of a victory lap in in Brazil. But you know, we'll see what happens with him. It's the same um, general thing, though. So it's the same. It's the same thing. Um, he won't be playing for Orlando, and who knows who else will be. But, um, you know, so I haven't decided my rooting interest. I, I'm really interested in um, – I'd really love to see a Portland-Seattle-Western Conference final. Yeah, um, yep, yep, I yep, think yep, yep. that'd be really cool. Doesn't and so seem I kind super of hope likely. Both, I, you know, we'll see. I'll see. We'll see who who – if they can both pull out their – you know, they're both through to the semis already. They both got bye weeks of the one and two seeds. So um, we're, it's possible we get to see a Western Conference final. I think that would be a lot of fun. Um, there's a chance I decide that I'm going to root for NYCFC because I've lived in New York. I don't know. Um, and yeah, they're a fun decided. team. They're a crazy fun team too to root for because yeah. they basically have no defense. <laughs> like, they, and they they play. I mean, and they have like a couple of young, exciting players, right? Like they have this guy uh, Harrison who is called up to the British U21 team, and David Villa playing in their offensive line. I mean, yeah. that's that's two two exciting players to to, but, to watch. So. But, you know, we haven't even talked about Toronto, who is, I think, without a doubt, overall the most talented team. They set yeah. a MLS record for points in the regular season. They are ridiculously deep. They have a lot of Psy U.S. men's national team players. Um, 
And, uh, you know, so fuck them, actually. I don't really want to see them do well at all. Yeah, no, absolutely fuck them. I mean, they, there's also this interesting kind of subplot of Toronto FC, which is that um, Sebastian Giovinco uh, is is the kind of Italian number 10, I think, on that side, who plays right behind um, Josie Alto. I, I may be totally off base on this, but I, that was my understanding. And th- there's been calls given Italy's inability to score for him to be called up to the national team. And, you know, it's, it's funny because I've seen – like a lot of Italian commentators that I trust absolutely laugh it off because you know that it's nonsense, like on some level, because of course, like they'd rather have, you know, any of the Italian strikers that are playing and and thriving in Italy right now. But you know that he's, he's causing some controversy in Europe playing in in MLS. So that's always something I like to follow also. I mean, yeah, that that is pretty fun. I mean, so, you know, that I, I guess I don't know. I, I feel like I might get sucked into Vancouver. I'm not even really sure why. I kind of just want a Canadian team to do well, but I, I can't want, root. But I can't root for Toronto. I read a couple of expert predictions that basically said if it's not Toronto, it's going to be Vancouver this year. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and it, that's interesting to me because, I, I mean – my understanding was that like the it looks to me like the Eastern Conference actually has uh, actually got better teams, but because they all have to play each other before making it to the final and, and Toronto is so clearly the the most talented side. If someone other than Toronto goes through, they may very well end up winning the thing. And that's that, that a lot of people have been saying that might be Vancouver. So I, I don't really I, I got to tell you, I'm, I'm working hard on MLS. I don't know enough to call myself an expert on any of this. I, I do read all this stuff. And I'm also very much pro save the crew, which is uh, which I think would be really ben- like really benefited that movement uh, should Columbus make a deep run in these playoffs. And so that's what I'm sort of hoping for. And yeah, everyone I mean, should watch the playoffs because it's going to no, be No, they should. And- and that and so that's the thing I wanted to say. So two two things. One is they are really fun and everyone should watch them. The second thing is every single game is going to be on national television, and so it's very easy to watch them. Every single game is on Fox Sports One or ESPN, which comes with basically every cable package, um, and it's really easy to find anywhere. Or Unimos, which also comes with basically every cable package. So I'm surprised in, by how much Fox Sports One has been like moving into taking real national games like they Fox sports one. And this is just a quick aside, but Fox sports one was the only broadcaster of some of the MLB playoffs this year. Yeah. Yeah. And they're the, they're the only broadcaster for champions league uh, soccer in the U S they have all the Bundesliga rights for the U S and they have a lot of the MLS playoff games. So they're making a real pitch to get in on, um, you know, soccer in particular, and then national sports in general, um, which is pretty cool. I actually think I'm totally pro diversification of the sports media universe. Yeah. You know, it, it's a lot better when it's not just ESPN plus the networks. I've been super supportive of everything NBC Sports has done yep. with bringing EPL to the oh, U.S. Yeah. That I think that has been that has been as big a boost for soccer fandom in the U.S. as anything that has ever happened for soccer in the United States is NBC Sports bringing yeah. every single Premier League game every single week to um, to U.S. fans. And I think Fox Sports bringing Bundesliga and playoff football and Champions League only is only even better. Yeah, I totally agree with all that. I, 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 I would also note that I'm not a huge be-in sports fan. So, I, I, and again, I, I think that La Liga made a real miscalculation when they sold their rights to be-in, but whatever. 
I, I'm hopeful that in the next contract, the media contract that La Liga decides to sign, it won't be me with fucking BN, who also, if you know, you know, is is the media empire that's partially behind PSG. So like they La Liga's contract with BN Sports indirectly funded PSG's ability to take La Liga's third best player uh, out of La Liga. So it's I, amazing. I, it's it's funny. It's also fucking terrible. And also, I don't like BN at all. So no, and I actually really really hate BN. It's hard. So it's hard to get. It does not come with just kind of basic cable packages. No, that's it, the point, right? Like um, you and have then, to buy like the super expensive sports package like or the like highest level soccer specific sports package. It's like crazy expensive, and it, it, I just I'm not it, like. I, I would love to watch more. I'm always pro more soccer available to me, but I'm only willing to pay so much more extra money for these massive packages yeah, to get be in. I would watch it. I mean, I have Fubo. I pay for Fubo. So that's, and that's about 15, 20 bucks a month. And I get all this stuff. So you could just do that, but it's nice to watch it on TV. And that's something that people don't kind of, kind of underrate TVs are cool. And I, I'd rather watch yeah. the game on TV if I can. So yeah. that's why FS1 and, and all the networks and NBC sports, all actually, it's great. All right, let's um, let's uh, let's do bad takes and then wrap this baby up. Do you wanna do you wanna go first because uh, <laughs> yours is a yeah, sure, one mine. Yeah, sure. So okay, so on my bad. So so people may or may not know, but the um the very prestigious, uh, the highly contentious, always hard fought mm. English Carabao Cup. Hell yeah! The second domestic cup of England is once again in action. Hell yeah! Um, the the Huge I believe fan it's called the, the Carabao believe Cup. I believe it's called the fourth round of the Carabao Cup is happening. Formerly the Capital One Cup is happening this week. So Spurs are playing West Ham and other people are playing other people. And the reason why I don't know who the other people who are playing other people are is because no one gives a damn about the Carabao Cup. I don't pay any attention. The only reason I know Spurs play West Ham is because I want Spurs to go out and lose to West Ham. That way they don't have to play in this cup anymore. Yeah. ESPN has some ideas on how they can change my and other fans' minds. <laughs> they would like to fix the Carabao Cup. Um, they think that it is doesn't salvage- need fixing. It's perfect as it is. Just saying, Carabao Cup number they, one. They 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 think several things. First off, they would like four homegrown youngsters in each team. Um, so they they want to force people to play to play youngsters. Um, my problem with this is, if I want to see young players play, I could watch the academy teams play. Yeah. Like this already exists. Like there's already B teams. There's already academy teams. So like, okay, what you know, what what new are you bringing to the world by forcing them? I guess you're forcing them to give them full team debuts. Eh, but it's kind of artificial. Uh, higher placed teams play away. Um, that's never going to happen. Logan this is, is never going to. Oh, hey, Logan. <laughs> How's it um, going, buddy? Logan heard so like, her about know, Cup. He's also a big so fan. Like, United is just never going to agree to a rule where for these stupid fixtures they don't care about, they have to travel every single time to, you know, freaking Yorkshire. Yeah, to, like fucking Sussex Town FC. Yeah, yeah. Like, like it's never going to happen. Play in front of 75 people and makeshift bleachers. No. Like does it would it does it make potentially more exciting matches? I guess in the sense that there's a bigger chance of an upset when you Minimally, play away like that. though. Like and also the team the lower league teams would never agree to it because they get half the gate. I'm pretty yeah, sure Yeah, they get half the gate at Old Trafford. So like no, they're absolutely not going to do that. Regionalize the competition. Like what the hell does that even mean? Um, how do you even administer that? Um, 
regionalize the competition they're literally saying make it american are you shitting me they didn't they actually said regionalize the competition in a fucking in england that (laughs) yeah yeah (laughs) we need a eastern and western england uh uh, no yeah they wanted like basically a northern division and a southern division (laughs) for the car cup um, so it's easier for fans to travel. It's easier and, for uh, fans to travel you have, across you have this fucking countries. country that you can fly across in 45 minutes. <laughs> so, so they want to cut admission prices also, which is which is fantastic because when you have a shitty product, you should charge less for it. Yes. Um, they want to go straight to penalties. So this is a very stupid thing. The Carabao Cup has extra time, and um, you know, these, so these people are just using like all. They're just recycling all of their old like. Let's fix soccer. You know, yeah. talking points because no one gives a shit about the Carabao Cup and think they, they think they're not going to get dunked on when they say shit like we need to have a regional, you know, cup competition where we split England into two conferences and have fucking playoffs where they're bye weeks and shit. So, OK, so like I'm not even going to go through the last couple of things. The last two things are don't have the draw at 4 a.m. I guess that works. And no more two legged semifinals. So, like, here's the thing. The reason why all this is a bad take is because there's only one way to fix the Carabao Cup to only one way that the Carabao Cup can make football in England better. And that's if you get rid of the Carabao Cup. Nobody cares. You do not need two league cups. You have the FA Cup. That is plenty um, and it's just it's just completely unnecessary. And like the big clubs are never going to take it seriously because it has no history. There's no payout to it, um, like like financially. Like they don't make any money off of this thing. Um, and so there's no interest in winning it. Um, it's just stupid. I who even won the Carabao Cup last year? I don't even remember. No, I don't care. That be, but here's what I will say: as a big fan of the Carabao Cup. Uh, I I think that uh, it doesn't need to be fixed, doesn't need any of this bullshit. That's why it's a bad take. Doesn't need to be. Don't eliminate it because it's awesome. No, but it, <laughs> <laughs> but also there's no need to fix it because it's perfect. I'm so glad it's the Carabao Cup because here's the thing: when it was called the Capital One Cup, I hated it and thought it was stupid. But now it's named after some fucking company that I've never heard of with a, with <laughs> so a vaguely now, Brazilian name, and I, I don't even cool. know what the hell that is. So now it's cool. Is it like an outdoor sport? It's it's it, it it it's like an outdoor sporting goods company. Like I don't know. Like what is like? No. In, in all seriousness, like it, it reminds me of uh, that outdoor sport. There's the Cabela's in the United States. Like that's what I thought. Of. <laughs> so that's why I like. Anyways, um, so my my bad take is also awesome. So, uh, it, it's relating to the whole save the crew thing. Uh, it's it's so. Okay, um, how do I, I don't, hard, how, hard time describing exactly how stupid this is. But so a kind of quote unquote supporters group of not a team, but like the concept of having the MLS in Austin, Texas has arisen online. Uh, it is obviously and it's called at MLS in Austin. And it's it it is obviously and and comically an astroturf organization, which is like an organization set up by someone with a lot of money to make it seem like there's grassroots interest in something. Like there, it's such unfathomable bullshit. And like they they published something today, where basically like there are ten commandments for not being ta- like being taken seriously and like not coming off as huge assholes. So. Uh, and they called it their starting 11, uh, 
Oh God! Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> so good. Here we called. Here's a new thing we're calling the quote starting eleven to recap and update topics about the questions, concerns, and confusion in the community. As if like these guys, a are in Austin at all. I I don't. I think there's no indication oh, I got, that these people are I from gotta Austin. Be, I gotta be super honest. I just opened this for the first time. Yeah. Jeez. Uh, oh my. It's the so first good. One. It's relocation so, happens. <laughs> Let's read it. Oh my God. Re, the first, all right, here's the 10, the starting 11 ways, like, sh it doesn't even make sense. Like it's, it's answers, basically a frequently asked questions document. It's like, sorry. So, here's the no, first it's goddamn one. propaganda it, is what it is. It this is, is it oh is my gosh. absolute bullshit propaganda. It's extremely funny. All right, relocation happens. It's a standard league process, separate from the ongoing expansion efforts. Okay, no, 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 it doesn't. Not historically in MLS. Like relocation is a catastrophe for the city from whence it like once these clubs come, they don't always even look. You know, particularly work in the new city stadiums that they go to the best and really the only sustainable way to grow a league is not to relocate teams. It's to fucking expand. And if you need to expand, you can expand. But good God, relocation happens. Relocation happens. First fucking thing that they said. Uh, okay. <laughs> Ownership groups, not cities. MLS expansion is not like getting awarded the Olympics. Ownership groups, OG, apply on behalf of the city. Here's a question for you, Evan. Do you think they needed to create an acronym for ownership groups? I'm surprised they did not say here and after. Yeah, this, this, oh my God, this is such a piece of shit AstroTurf thing. It was so obviously drafted by a lawyer and then run through a PR firm that they forgot to remove the oh, these lawyer are, speech. These are. It. These are 1 million percent like bullet points that you would see on a bad like business, like an MBA, like a business school project where they had to pitch to a marketing team, you know, a pr for their marketing class. They had to pitch moving a team to a city. And these are the points they put on their project PowerPoint slides. Yeah. So um, so th I think this is I'm almost certain this is owned by pre-court, like the guy who owns the crew. Like I'm almost certain of it because of this next one. Austin slash Central Texas has spoken for pre-court sports ventures. PSV clearly retained the Austin slash Central Texas market rights. Likely, this is why Austin based expansion process ownership group was never formed. It's fuck. It's I I. I so hold on, let's take a step back. And, and so, okay, so we're both lawyers. So let's parse this a little bit. What they're saying is the reason. So, okay, what they say in the last one is like, okay, look, you, you, MLS doesn't just pick cities where they think there would be good to have a soccer uh, club. You know, an ownership group has to come together and make an application. In the next bullet, they say, well, the reason why there hasn't been an application for Austin isn't because it wouldn't be good for there to be a team there. It's because pre-court, the guy who's now talking about moving there, had preempted the ownership group by buying it. And this is supposed to make us feel better about the process. Yeah, I don't... The only reason why Austin doesn't have an ownership group is because the guy who wants to move a team there has had some shenanigans where he bought the rights ahead of time and now is you know, trying to pretend like he's being forced out. Right. It's like, this is such a fucking scam because that in particular indicates that pre-court had no intention of keeping the crew in Columbus when he bought the side. Oh, and he only bought it like a couple years ago. Like this new ownership group is so obviously planning. Like 
And and they so obviously wrote this because no one who isn't pre-court sports ventures would ever say something like this this fucking venture capital firm quote clearly retained the Austin slash Central Texas market rights. That's fucking nonsense. Like they clearly retained that. That's unbelievable. Like uh and they so like they obviously bought the like some of these rights, but like you would never like advertise that unless you are a fucking tone deaf well, lawyer and you know so i just realized another side of that so they're trying to basically hold so they're trying to hold austin hostage there, kind of the same way they're holding columbus hostage on the other side right so in columbus they're like look you better build a stadium or we're leaving in austin they're saying you better support our group or you're never getting anything because we own these rights right exactly Exactly. And that's why they created this AstroTurf organization to try to convince MLS fans in Austin that this is literally the only way they're going to get a team. Uh, The next one is San Antonio and all the fields. This is they say San Antonio can be upset about how the situation has played out, but the Spurs Sports and Entertainment Group should have communicated the risk. So what apparently, what does this even mean? This so this is just trying to preempt people from San Antonio hating their team preemptively, but they're not going to do that by like by like talking down to these fans who obviously wanted an MLS team in San Antonio, which oh I see must have There's been a, within the yeah. PSV ownership like market bullshit. I don't know. Well, it, so it looks like. Just reading this, it looks like, okay, so there's the Spurs Sports and Entertainment Ownership Group. So my guess is whoever – the people that own the Spurs have probably pitched to have a team to MLS. But there's no way that you could have an MLS team in Austin and San Antonio. And people who were invested in the Spurs Sports and Entertainment Ownership Group should have uh, been told about the risk of Austin getting I'm a reading, team. I'm reading ahead, and some of this shit is so fucking bad. Okay, well, let's get going. Right. Let's go. MLS must have approved. Okay, so its owners would have ha- would have had to approve any relocation announcement and the alleged clause making it possible. So basically, they're saying MLS m- would have had to necessarily approve. So you can't be pissed off if you're pissed off at us. You're pissed off at all of MLS, but you should be pissed off at all of MLS for allowing this. So whatever. Yeah. The next one is what really got like made me go insane. No stadium equals no MLS team in Austin. Fuck you. That's it's the same shit that they're saying. This dude pre-court is desperate for some municipality to build him a for stadium. Dak ca- he wants that cash though. That's it. He wants all that cash. I mean, it's just it's the worst kind of rent seeking. If for people who aren't American sport or sports fans, it is endemic to American sports. Billionaires and millionaires running around and looking for handouts from local jurisdictions and saying we're going to run off with this team if you don't pay us and a lot. Like I mean, these soccer stadiums are a couple hundred million dollars, and he's basically going to insist that most of that be borne by the taxpayers, and he gets it all for free. Okay, and so the next one is pandering to hippie Austin residents, which of course we know there are a lot of them. Austin hearts Mother Earth. We can have a stadium and keep Austin green. I'm just not, I'm going to blast past because fuck you. All right. The next four are all unbelievably douchey comments telling crew fans to calm down. Basically ready club and tradition are important. We want to support the crew fans in finding a way forward in the event that this relocation occurs. No, you don't. You don't care about them. 
You don't care about them at all. That is the stupidest thing I've ever heard. What are you gonna What are you gonna do? You're gonna You're gonna You're gonna hang You know, hang their championship banners in your. Yeah, they your, are. That's what they're gonna stadium. do, though. That's what they're gonna do. You fuckers. This is such bullshit. This is just fucking. Like, how are you supposed to tell a fan base that just had their 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 club ripped from them that tradition is important? You fuck you. Next one. Refund the fans. It's the right thing to do for season ticket holders. Capitalize no, it's probably, like a lawyer it's, would who wants It's probably the now. legal. It's probably the legal thing to do, right? I mean, I if I'm a season ticket holder, I'm getting ready for the class action lawsuit against them. If they don't refund my season ticket, are you kidding me? Yeah, you can't have me buy season tickets and then not have the games. This is also obviously bullshit. drafted by a lawyer in anticipation because it has the defined term season ticket holders. And you know, a defined term in a legal document when every, like every first letter of this, of the, of the phrase is capitalized. So season ticket holders, S T H all capitalized. That's a defined term that is in a, a contract document that the crew fans who own season tickets have. And that's yep. why that's in there. Yep. Deep breaths and count to 10. Oh, don't you tell me what to do. (laughs) Anger towards this situation is understandable. Whatever the reasons behind the move, Austin didn't create them. Oh, for the love of God. Oh, my God. I just, you didn't create, Austin City didn't create them. You created them, you fucking billionaire douchebag who's relocating the team just because you fucking want more money. You are such a piece of shit to tell people to calm down. Go fuck yourself. I have no nothing but love for the city of Austin, Texas, but no no one should feel sympathy or should not be angry at the way this fucking piece of shit is treating Columbus. That that is the worst bully yet actually. Deep breaths and count to 10. I I I have no idea what to like yeah, no, the people of Austin are completely not at fault, but the bullshit organization that's trying to move them to Austin and this bullshit AstroTurf organization that is supporting them and yeah. literally putting out a propaganda document to try to get them to move to Austin. Yeah, yeah, you did create the yeah, situation. You, this you is an artificial it is an artificial situation. Like people created this situation. This is not like a freaking lightning strike that just came this down. This isn't and fucking down Hurricane Irma like pouring water into Houston, you sack of shit. This is something that you chose to do. And the last one is also infuriating because it's making fucking this it's making Austin into the villain when they're obviously not. They say pro Austin pro soccer we're not against anyone as if anyone is against austin the city you sack of shit that's not what this is about this is about you and your own decisions to fuck the entire fan base of the columbus crew yes look i mean if austin can support a team and wants a team i am all for austin having a team i'm just not for them having the columbus crew uh, so I am able to be both pro Columbus, pro Austin, and in that in that vein, pro soccer. Right. So fuck off. Fuck off. And I will also note that this tweet is absolutely ratioed to shit. Um, One hundred thirty replies to only twenty two retweets. Very solid. Good job, everyone who's ratioing the crap out of this because it's garbage. It's absolute garbage. All right, so with that, uh, that's your Let's Fix Football this week. We will be back next week. We're chatting with Ernesto. We're talking uh, corruption, (laughs) as usual. And we're going to be talking a little bit more about the playoffs uh, going forward. Hopefully, there's no more news about the crew uh, that isn't good news. Um, And, uh, yeah, we'll talk to you soon. Great talk to you, buddy. Yeah, man, it was fun. Bye.
green seagull turned a deeper blue I could not foresee this thing happening to you If I look hard enough in 